I'm just going to begin with a swig of this if you want to join me. Sounds good, Kimothy. So it's been about a month. No, it has been over a month since the last episode of the podcast was released. And within that time, you've been to India for a few weeks. I was in Puerto Rico. Lots of changes have been happening. How are you feeling, Trisha? I'm feeling good. I know that we've been wanting to have a glass of wine with one another. So I'm glad we're finally getting to it and having some good wine talk. It's crazy because when people ask you the question, how are you doing? It's like... We're so conditioned to saying... I'm sorry, that was a lo- that was a loaded question. <laughs> We're so conditioned to saying, I'm good. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like so much has happened in the past month. <laughs> but India was was quite an interesting time. And I don't know. That's There's a lot. How, how was your month? My month? My month of November or October? I mean, the Puerto Rico trip was amazing. I think I'll do a separate episode with uh, two of my other friends to talk more about that. But it's been a busy month since launching like my production team and all that, which I don't really feel the need to go into too much of like my personal life and like what I'm doing. I kind of just want to talk about whatever. Yeah, so Trisha and I had a call earlier today, basically talking about where we want to take the podcast. And we feel as though we've been showing a very limited side to ourselves as in the previous episodes we've done together have been quite serious um sort of like one note and we are multi-dimensional people so we just wanted a fun episode where we don't have to go into it worrying about whether we're saying things properly or if we've done enough research to talk about what we're speaking about so this is why we are having a little wind down together with some wine wind down and i'm gonna bring out my baby will smith side because will smith is in me your baby will smith side yes speaking of alter egos i mean i'm sure you have a bunch of alter egos i know i do and i think it goes into being multi-dimensional but what is like one of your alter egos like one of your favorite ones my alter ego well you know that i have the nickname jade yeah now i don't know how you would characterize jade but i feel like she's my baddie alter ego Mm. what what alter egos do you think i have like you've seen so many different sides to me i feel like you have this one side that i love it's what it's your pop off side it's like the untouchable kim like no one mess with me like you'll take a (laughs) bottle and smash it over someone's head wait okay yeah i think i think to sum up how my my month has been is i i feel like i have flipped the switch before you know i've dealt with this issue of being this like really timid people pleaser but now i've just gone zero to 100 i feel like i've got i received the comment like whoa you're a bit aggressive there a handful of times Mm. the last few months and no one has ever called me aggressive before but i guess it's because like i i'm willing to talk back Mm -hmm. now whenever you know people try to try me (laughs) so it's been a (laughs) revolution a very revolutionary experience i guess from going to like one end to the other sometimes I guess I don't know the balance yeah I feel that it's like you went from one side one extreme to another extreme how do you feel about that though being called aggressive I was taken aback at first when I got those comments but it was sort of like in a joking manner um 
but it's more so like I just don't put up with bullshit as easily as before. So I feel like it's not bad to to be called aggressive because you're just sticking up for yourself. I've been meaning to ask you this. Was there like a tipping point? Because I remember sometime, I don't know, I noticed it sometime during the pandemic, this shift in you where you just flipped a switch and you you just started speaking on everything and like speaking your mind. And I, I remember it was like during a text conversation or like through your Insta stories when it came out. But was there like a tipping point when something snapped and you just... It was over. I mean, there there was no direct tipping point, but I, I feel like I always mention my time working in like the hospitality industry mm-hmm. and just dealing with customers front on, dealing with all their lies and all their bullshit, <laughs> wanting to get free shit all the time. You know, like I was just so done with people. And because of the pandemic and like working so much on myself, I feel like I don't have time to waste on other people's bullshit, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it was all of that. There was like no direct moment where I'm like, okay, here's where the flip is going to be switched. Mm -hmm. There was no, what is that? A criminal story thing? Uh, Origin story. Villain villain origin story? I guess I have many. Wait, can you, can you give me one of your villain origin stories? Wow. Putting me on the spot. I feel like I have so many (laughs) and I'm blanking on. I could start with a silly one. Yeah, you start, you start. I'll jog my memory. I think it was like third grade. We were doing roll call. But before, prior to roll call, I think they were, the teacher was telling us like what was on the lunch menu. And, uh, you know, I, I dealt with like social anxiety for like most of my life. And so like, I have to like sort of go through a script in my head before I say things sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I'm here, here I am practicing like, oh, I'm going to speak on my lunch order. But she was going around the room and everyone basically had to say here. And then she called my name. And instead of saying here, I said beef. And the teacher was like, wait, what did she say? Um, And I was like, no, here. But then another kid was like, no, she said beef. And I was like, dude, I hate you. Why would you (laughs) out me like that? That is one little cute villain origin story about why I don't like mm, people. It starts young. You, Yeah, you definitely jogged it my memory. It starts young. On a few. <laughs> so, but I can think of two. I mean, so one was definitely, I was a recurring theme. I was a chubby child. So in two separate occurrences, I was called out in a way for being fat, like, straight up fat once in fourth grade Mm. there was a girl who used to bully me in recess not naming names (laughs) cough marie no (laughs) no (laughs) name them name them (laughs) but um what's she gonna do (laughs) um who knows where she's at but yeah it was a she and during recess um i used to be excluded from the large group that would play outside they play all sorts of games and essentially i was excluded because i was too fat to hang out with those girls (laughs) and i remember once we were standing and i wasn't even like i look back and i'm like people are crazy like i don't know what these beauty standards are but whatever that's a that's a whole different topic but she um she like said to me by like the school she like pinned me to the wall i remember i was like nine years old and she was like you're fat you can't play with us and i was like what but yeah that's That's what happened so that's that was one of my villain origin stories and i kind of snapped in eighth grade so i used to watch a lot of the tyra banks show and tyra banks had one episode it was the kiss my fat fat ass ass. yes 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 
Do you know what I'm talking I remember, about? Yeah, it was where, very iconic. But yeah, so she went on national television and basically told everyone to kiss her fat ass because media coverage called her fat, right? Because when she was in a bathing suit. Um, and so that really just stuck in my brain. And there was a guy, not naming names again, you know, in eighth grade that always used to call me fat. And I remember once during lunch period, I actually stood on the lunch table <gasps> and I told him to really? kiss my fat ass. I and I smacked my ass. And <laughs> he, no. he was so burned. I never told you this. Yes. It was such an empowering moment. I don't really wow. think people called me fat after that. I don't know what it was, but I just echo different energy after that. So I don't know if that's a villain origin she's, she's story. She's been a baddie since day one. Maybe a little bit because now I kill him with the Wait, booty. I want so. you to elaborate more on this baby <laughs> Will Smith alter ego. Like, what does that mean? So it's crazy because I never used to acknowledge this part of myself until like this year where i realized i diffuse a lot of situations by Mm -hmm. um making people laugh and a lot of times like my friends when i tell them like oh i think i'm pretty funny they don't it doesn't register and then they realize like oh wait she is like upon like having conversations with me like i do diffuse situations by making people laugh and will smith um when he was growing up he became a comedian whatever like He became that funny personality because growing up, he didn't grow up in the best environment and his way of coping, I guess his defense mechanism was to make everyone laugh in the house. And so I realized, oh, wow, like Will Smith and I have that in common. And so I have this baby Will Smith alter ego because maybe I'm not as funny as him, but I definitely Does she she have a name or is it just baby Will Smith? It's going to be baby Will Smith. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love that. We do you remember our um names watermelon equa and strawberry strawberry shiqua strawberry shiqua <laughs> yes i don't even know how that came about but basically we were in a group meet together and i think you you started off your watermelon equa and then i was like okay i'll be strawberry shiqua <laughs> what was the context i have absolutely no memory because watermelon equa was my first um most original alter ego and then i wanted everyone to come up with just like creative names um and so then you were the one that played along i remember once we wanted everyone to have stripper names <gasps> yes oh what was your stripper name what was my stripper this name? was this we were in a fraternity and this was our pledge class and we wanted everyone to have stripper names yeah. on the group chat was it like i feel like it was like celeste or something something celestial star? i think yours probably was yeah yes yours i remember celeste clearly <laughs> <laughs> yes what was yours i don't remember diamond cherry i don't know something t-string t-string might have been t-string, t-string. <laughs> can i say i love your winter jammies right now you have like this snowflake set on Thank you. I'm just trying to look like a snowflake. How? I had something in my... Let's have another swig. Yeah, by the way, Trisha and I, we went to Joe Canals together, but separately. As in, we live about two hours away. And we were like, let's let's decide on what wine we want while we're there at Joe Canals. And so we drove to Joe Canals separately. And then we FaceTime each other and we're like, do you want this one? Do you want this one? And we settled on a Pinot Grigio called luna di luna luna di luna i think you've we had a trip with some of our pledge brothers 
back in the day, and then I introduced this wine to you, right? Luna di Luna. I do remember it, yes. Yeah, we had a 1.5 liter bottle of it. It was it hit the spot. It's a great wine. I highly recommend to peeps. <laughs> so Diwali passed, and it was last week or something, and my dad comes up to me and says, oh, you should um, make wishes today. Like, you should set intentions and manifest. And it was so random. He said that on the day of Diwali, like, whatever you wish for, like, comes true. So I literally was out hanging out with the moon with my journal, trying it out, because why not? So I did that last week. But I wanted to know, do you believe in that stuff? Like on days where they say it's like the full moon, wish for something. Mm, so when I see that it's 11-11, I do make a wish. Do I 100% believe in it? Eh. But I think it's just the act of doing it that makes you feel as though it could happen, right? I think it's just the belief, the hope in it. So mm-hmm. to answer your question... sort of yes Mm. yeah i always hesitate to say like yes because you know we've mentioned this before i don't want to seem too woo woo (laughs) but you know what being delusional has got me very far okay exactly and at the end of the day it comes down to what you believe in you asked me an interesting question earlier today about age gaps just wanted to bring that up because oh yes because so Taylor Swift has released her re-recording of her album Red and I wasn't like a huge fan of her when it was first released because I think I was still either like late middle school or early high school so I wasn't like too into like what each song was about you know because she's had this sort of image where people think like oh she's just dating around and she's just going to make a song for each ex she has and this song happened to be about Jake Gyllenhaal all too well so back then she had released like this five minute version and she said that when she had initially wrote the song it was 10 minutes long and so the rest of the 10 minutes basically gives you the context of her being 20 years old dating a 30 year old man and when you watch her short film it kind of shows like what she went through her being gaslit by this man and yeah my question to you was what do you how do you feel about age gaps right because people always say you know what they're at least they're 18 they're legal but I feel like it's more than that you need to consider I think my perspective on age gaps ties back to a quote I don't know if you follow Aaron Dowdy on YouTube I do not he is like a self-help guru type of person and he has his like famous quote of everyone is always doing the best they can from the level of consciousness that they're at i I don't think that that your level of consciousness is necessarily tied to your age Mm -hmm. i think that some people grow up quickly for the longest time i think this is the youngest i've felt in so long this year but for so many years um with responsibilities at home, this and that. I always felt like I was a 44-year-old woman. I honestly felt like I could date someone in their 40s. Mm-hmm. I felt that way mm-hmm. for a long time, like someone in their 30s and 40s. And I used to feel like, especially when I was a teenager, that a lot of teenage guys just weren't at the same maturity level as me and I could have gone older if I wanted to. And then I have my days now where I'm like, I don't even mind going younger. 
little bit younger Mm -hmm. because I feel like they might be able to bring um, a youthfulness or like a a different sort of perspective to the Mm -hmm. table. So I think that that's kind of my perspective. That age is really just, it depends on your level of like self-awareness, consciousness, maturity. And so it's, it really is a number to me. Um, I think it becomes... I think it becomes problematic, though, when you have like people like narcissists and just people who are trying to take advantage of someone who might be younger or someone who doesn't have like a formed identity mm-hmm. and then dating someone very older, Wait, then it could become problematic. Well, with that being said, at what age do you think you can confirm this is my identity? Like at what age do you think you've established it? Right. So for instance in Taylor's I think I'm sake, starting to establish if she's like twenty, you know, oh, dating yeah. someone who's thirty. Like I'm I'm put, trying to put myself in that place when I was twenty, you know, what were we juniors? I don't think for me to date like a thirty year old man at that point, hundred percent I would feel like I would be manipulated and gaslit because I hadn't developed yet a sense of self and my identity wasn't fully established. Yeah, and I I think your brain, like scientifically or whatever, your brain develops at 25. Yeah, it's like 25 or 26, That's what I they think. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some sometime in your mid-20s. So maybe your brain is not fully developed. I think you're fully developed when you say you're fully developed. And we might think we're fully developed now. And then we might have a complete shift in perspective exactly. when we're 30. And then another complete shift in perspective when we're 35. I know our cells regenerate every seven years. Um, so I was listening to this podcast episode about this guy talking about the difference in when he was 17 versus 24 versus 31, mm-hmm. et cetera, and how it was a vast difference and he felt different in his body. Mm. So I don't know, actually, like when I was 20, I don't think I could have been with a 30 year old. Um, there was a 30 year old who was trying to talk to me when I was 23 ish 23 yeah going on 24 just try and i just felt like there was a gap in maturity mm-hmm. there um wait i kind of want to reel it back because you had said you you are did you say like you're fully developed when you believe you're fully developed was, was that it something along the lines of that you had said yeah because that's perspective and it's opinion so if i say kim i'm fully developed right now i know myself i love myself i'm confident in who i am and i might in a couple of years be like i don't know what i was talking about back then because now i'm fully developed so i really think it's just when you feel you are i guess i i can relate more to that you know knowing that we are both 25 but i'm also thinking about like teenagers for instance who are like oh yeah i'm not a kid anymore and they fully believe like oh yeah i'm an adult once i hit 18 and i feel like there's still so much of life you haven't experienced yet to fully be developed you know Mm -hmm. that's why i feel like it doesn't make sense in that case but like where where is it okay to you know maybe start dating people like 10 years your age it's circumstantial sure but i feel like yeah even 18 that's still a baby to me yeah looking back at where we were at when we were 18 definitely i think if like a 30 year old was like approaching us. You have, think of how much you learn in one year. This is the way I see it. In the, in the past one year, we've acquired so much knowledge, so much wisdom, perspective. And I think I'm a different person than I was a year ago. And definitely than I was mm. two or three years ago. 100%. If that person has 10 years worth of experience on you, there is more to that connection, I think. Like, 
There has to be some reason. Unless that person lived under a rock, that person has 10 years of perspective on you. So it, it is very interesting. I, I don't know how you feel about the older. Why do you think people date older or younger? Hmm. Okay, let's start off with why do I pe- think people date older? So saying from like a female's perspective, a girl would most likely want to date older because she believes, okay, this is now a man that I'm dating. This is no longer a boy. But once again, as we established, you know, age doesn't necessarily equate to maturity as much as what has happened in yes. your life and like the situations you've been in. So I feel like oftentimes it comes down to that, like where you where you associate age with more maturity. Likewise, for, for dating younger, hmm, maybe they feel like, by dating younger that can bring out the youth in them right like if people are dating like you know mm-hmm. 10 15 years younger perhaps they feel like it keeps them young maybe yeah what are your thoughts i was reading this article about younger guys who date older women like 10 12 15 years older than them and the psychological reasoning behind that being Older women are generally more confident in themselves mm-hmm. because of their experience. They're not as like self, they're not as image oriented. They kind of know what they're doing. Insecurities are less. Their careers are settled. Financially, they're settled. You really get to enjoy the older person's company, simply their company, like X, all the other stuff that you're dealing with, it, I guess, in your developmental years when you're with someone the same age as you and you're dealing with it together. I know a lot of younger guys date older women because they learn a lot from Mm. them and they get a lot of perspective on life and it actually fills them up as, as more of a man. I actually met someone who was dating someone who was 12 years older than him. The woman's 12 years older. And he basically was saying how like she made him the man that he is. And I didn't know how I felt about that Mm, phrase, Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. Now, why do you think the woman would date younger? Maybe they want to mold someone. Mm. Maybe they want to relive their youth or have some kind of exposure and touch with youth. Maybe they want to have influence someone or have someone who can take care of, you know, like puppy love, like take care of them in a puppy love kind of way. There's many reasons, I think. Yeah, so how exactly do you feel when 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 people say like, oh yeah, this relationship made me a better person. Like by dating this person, I am now a better person. It means that they got some kind of positive development out of it. Like they don't want to block that person's number and like go kill their cat or something. <laughs> like they actually feel like positive <laughs> emotions towards the person. Like the person left a positive mark on their life. Either they learned something or, you know, gain some kind of wisdom, or just enjoy their experiences together. There's respect between the two people. I think it's simple for me, like, when someone says that. Well, I think it was like a Red Table Talk episode. I forget with who exactly. I believe one of the dudes from Jane the Virgin was in it, and that there was like another man. I forget exactly. But it might have been a rapper. He he was basically saying like, oh yeah, I I need a a woman who could help mold me and i feel like i wouldn't want that sort of expectation going into a relationship like i wouldn't want my partner to think like oh yeah she's gonna save me that's a lot of responsibility over another person and i feel like a relationship shouldn't 
be like that. I feel like molding is similar to also fixing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're going into a relationship fixing people, that could also have to do with codependency mm-hmm. and r- result in many other things. And I don't think that's healthy. I don't think relationships are meant for... That's mentorship. If yes. you're trying to mold someone, help someone, fix someone, go get a mentor, go get a coach, go hire a consultant. I don't know, something. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Get a psychologist. LCSWs. Go talk to a teacher. Go talk to a professor. Yeah, go talk, go to, talk to an older brother, sister. Go join a community group. <laughs> I don't know. I personally <laughs> I personally think that um, relationships should be partnerships. And if you feel you need to be molded, then that's somewhere maybe you need to look within. No, 100%. I feel like if you feel that way, you're not ready to be in a partnership with someone. Agreed. So with Taylor Swift, I mean, I feel like for I think in the celebrity world, it's tough. Because they only have each other. Like I heard with celebrities, like it's very difficult for them to just find a fan their age and date them. Like like within the celebrity cesspool, they're just kind of finding, you know, some another celebrity usually and being with them. Oh, yeah. Zach, Zach Efron ended up dating a waiter. I'm like, imagine if that happened to you. And you were the waiter. Yeah. And then she ended up quitting her job, moving in with him. I mean, they, they didn't last long. But imagine if that happened. Still, though, she'll always be on media. Like, people will always know about her. Would you rather date an older guy or a younger guy, assuming you're heterosexual from the times that I've known you? <laughs> <laughs> my my preference is older, older people in general. Uh, I, yeah, I... I I maybe I'd go like a year younger. I mean, I'm 25 right now. And if we go off of the supposed like, oh yeah, people fully develop when they're 25, 26. I feel like as I'm older, I would be more willing to date younger, like a year or two. But for now, like I'm only set on like older people. How about you? Because you said you would also date younger. Like how, how much younger? I would do like within three years younger no more than three to five years younger and not now like if I was 30 and I'm looking for someone then I would go like five years younger right now going five years younger would mean the guy is 20 years old and that's a no he's still in college no yeah and I and that's interesting too because as we get older then our age pool varies too because What's the difference between a 33-year-old and a 37-year-old? I feel like at that time, like at that point in your life, thing age just blends in. I remember when I was 17, no, not 17, 20, going to a bar in the city. And there was like a 60-year-old man hitting on me at the bar. And that was when I started questioning age and I was like, you're probably married. You probably... And that's when I realized that a lot of older men go after younger girls to kind of relive their youth. I assume. Oh, yeah. When I once worked front desk at this hotel, I might have lied and told this, like, old man. He looked like he was in his 60s. That was, like, 17 or something, just so he could back off. And he's like, call me in 10 years. Like, Ugh. gross. <laughs> like, dude, you might be in the ground in 10 years. <laughs> That calls for another swig. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if men get as much, like, harassment from older 
women, right? Or is it just young girls who who are getting these comments from older men? And you know, I feel like I got most of these comments when I was younger. So like, what's the deal with that? So you don't get those comments anymore? No, I feel like older, like much, much older men would hit on me when I was even younger, like high school. Hmm. I don't know what the deal with that is. We don't look that much different than when we were like a couple years younger. Unless we've aged. I, I consider us young. Young until... I, I even feel like in your 30s is young. I think so too. And I think it's the amount of youthful energy that you carry. Despite the age you're at. And I think that's how so many older women get younger men. A lot of them have a lot of like very youthful energy in them. Because I've always believed that we are energetic, vibrational beings in physical bodies. I think your energy carries a frequency. And if you are just youthful, then that's your frequency. And that's why I think people of different... And that's my answer, I think, to why people of different ages come together. You might just... I might just be vibrating like a 20-year-old. Like, we, we have friends who act like their 30s. I feel like I act pretty young sometimes. From knowing me and my personality, how would you age me? 22, 23. That's like what I was going to say about you too. Like 22, 23. It just really? Great. I thought you would say like 40. <laughs> no, because like I, I experience like your more youthful side too. You know, we're not all like very serious. Yeah, not everyone gets to experience our youthful side though. How would you say you are with most people? Recently, I've really been embodying my youth. I feel like I acted a lot older before, like maybe in college where you sort of have like fake it till you make it. Mm. But now I'm a bit more settled into my own skin. I've gotten that I act pretty young. I I, I wouldn't call myself immature though, but I, I have this youthful energy. Yeah, how, how do you think people view you? I think people used to call me like the mom, the older person, the responsible one. The one who kind of like takes care of shit, is looking out for everyone. I think I've shifted away from that. I think now people actually view me as like a clown. (laughs) I feel like maybe a little mysterious. Like they can't figure me out because my personality can switch Mm -hmm. and go from like one to another in like 10 seconds. And I think that I actually come across as a little bit confusing. (laughs) (laughs) To be very honest. You can be quite random. Yes, yes, random, random. Like, you never know what you're going to get. It's like one of those mystery boxes. <laughs> what chocolate am you I going to get You open it today? on Sunday, it's a Kinder Joy. And you open it on Wednesday, and it's a pack of nerds. You just never know. And the next day, you get some Sour Patch Kids. And the next day, a unicorn. So, <laughs> that's how it'd be. I gotta say, Luna de Luna sponsor me, because I would totally, totally just make ads on ads about this wine. I could never make an ad about something that I really didn't stand for. Mm. Like, I don't know how people can stand there and they have an entire brand and then they're sitting there talking about like Betty Crocker <laughs> products and like their channel is like, I don't know, related to cars. And it's like, how are you talking about Betty Crocker when like your <laughs> entire page is about cars? <sighs> so yes, I would totally, totally sponsor i would totally talk about wines things that i like you know if so you you don't think you would ever sell out you know like if betty crocker sponsored you for like a million dollars you wouldn't do it or or let's, let's say like what what is what is some brand that is like so out of 
your zone? I feel like because I'm so random, I think I would. <laughs> I would just that anything would relate. <laughs> I would just wake up and make it relate. I would make it relate. Betty Crocker is the cake mixes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's the cooking lady. Wait, you know what? I I feel like I I want to be like Snoop Dogg, where he's all over the place. You know, for you know, one moment he he's oh at like God. some fast food, like handing out people, handing food out to people, or you know, he's like moderating something. Like he does, so, like he's with a Martha Stewart, like the, in the most random places ever like that's kind of what i want to do like you will not expect it from me but i will be there sometimes i feel like you're one of my friend soulmates because you just say things and i'm like i literally encountered this today or i was thinking about this today <laughs> like when we talk when i went to joe canals there was a huge billboard of snoop dogg right like as soon as you enter and he's holding some random bottle of tequila I was going to post it on one of my, like, stories. Like, this man really does do everything. So it's funny you mention that. Snoop Dogg's central profession or, like, his origin was rapping. So, like, what would you say your, like, central theme would be? Like, you're venturing out. You're doing all these things like Snoop. But if you had to pick one. That's very hard because I'm also all over the place. Like, I do everything. You are like Snoop Dogg. You're like Snoop Dogg's little sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? He was actually rapping in this Vietnamese music video, which is like the most random thing (laughs) I feel like I've seen him do. Dude, like, do you you don't even know Vietnamese? Like, what? How how in the world? (laughs) So yes, I do I do feel very close to Snoop Dogg. It's a sign. Yeah, what what would your central thing be? Because you you were talking about like how you love speaking. Maybe like a like an Oprah, like a talk show host, like media person, you know, just show hosting, talking, like having conversations, then I would venture out from there. I could see you having a late night show. I it's Again, funny you mentioned that because that's actually my, I would love to do that. I think I have that kind of a voice. We've talked about our voices before. I think I have more of a late night show voice than a daytime show voice. So I would enjoy doing that. You you had mentioned before that someone told you you had a porn star voice. Someone told me that in high school. Okay, yeah, like I'm not exposed to much pornography in general to agree to that or not. But maybe if you go on Google and just play some other voices, you could compare mine. Just give me a call. <laughs> we can compare side by side. Oh yeah, you you were you okay, so this never made the cut into one of our previous episodes, but Trisha did try to give me a lesson on seduction. Yeah, we can stop talking about this right now. Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm just never kidding, mind. I'm just I kidding. That was a joke. But yeah, you just, just continue. <laughs> I think we were talking about Or like you, you guys can just know that it exists, but you might not ever hear it. <laughs> do do you want to give us a crash course, Trisha? What of what? how to seduce with your voice oh i was just watching videos about this because i read that if you have like a certain type of voice like if you have like a soft angelic low-toned voice like some people have like really high-pitched voices it's harder for them to create that but yes on the we're not really strangers episode this didn't make the cut but we did speak in the car in what would be our seductive voices so i mean you did i did not kim would you like to try (laughs) oh god no i don't (laughs) 
I think I could do it. I think I could do it. If I have another glass of wine. So I remember your tips. It was to speak slowly, a bit lower. Speak slower. Speak lower. Is that it? And you know how... You know how on how a radio, the voice can crackle a little bit? Um, on radio, that's a bit spotty. Like the a rasp, rasp yeah. or like the end of your uh, common cold when after your cough is over and your throat is like just all congested. Oh, okay. A mixture of that and speaking lower and speaking slower. Try it out. Try it out on your mates, people, <laughs> or on anyone. All right, I- I'm going to give you a phrase to say, and can you can you no give me like your seductress voice? No, please. I'm do going not. to give you a phrase. Let's see. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. Go for it. Uh, nationwide is on your side. Are you kidding me right now? You just want to make me laugh. <laughs> can I just ask you where that even came from? Like, do you have that somewhere in your room? Like. Is that what you think about? <laughs> no, no. Like, my immediate thought was some tunes, like jingles from commercials. Nationwide is on your side. You have never asked me for that much. That might be the most difficult thing you've ever asked me to do. Say nationwide is in your side. I, I am so sorry. On your I side. I make your life so difficult. <laughs> I feel life has gotten harder as of this moment. All right, let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Okay. Let me fill my throat up. It's in line. Oh. <laughs> really? Nationwide is on your side? This is how creative we're getting. I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> okay. 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 Nationwide is on your side. No, I can't. Not right now. Let, let me try so you said slower and lower. How how is low for me? Mm-hmm. Na- nation. <laughs> Try it, yeah. Oh, nation. Nationwide. nationwide. <laughs> it's on your side. Oh gosh, I can't do it. Nationwide is on your side. Ew! Wait, that doesn't even like how, how do you seduce someone like that? That sounds like you're trying to insinuate someone to do something dirty. That's what that sounded like. Nationwide is on side on your side <laughs> yeah, nationwide is on your side i like the whisper for you i do i think that works for you nationwide is on your side on your side suggest on your side <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man next time we'll come up with a better phrase <laughs> oh okay wait <laughs> Can you, you say doing? blends seamlessly into skin <laughs> with a lightweight, non-greasy feel? I mean, you did it right now. That was perfect. Blends seamlessly into skin with a light, non-greasy feel. Ooh. I don't know. I I did raspy, <laughs> but I didn't do lower and slower. <laughs> blends seamlessly into skin with a lightweight non-greasy feel ew (laughs) disgusting i take it back i take it back oh man imagine saying something in a sultry voice to someone and then at the end of it just saying ew disgusting (laughs) (laughs) and just slapping them it's like i take it back (laughs) i take it all back 
We never met. <laughs> this moment didn't happen. Gaslighting. Do you have like a biggest moment of being gaslit by someone? Ooh. I feel like I mentioned it before, but I might have also told you about how I had confronted an ex about why he had Tinder on his phone. This was in high school when I was like 16 or 17. And I didn't know what the hell that yeah. app was. Yeah. And then he was like, no, it's just a game. That's not like actually gaslighting, but it's still. We can take a poll. Tinder is not a game. He really told you it was a game. Yeah, and I believed him because I didn't know any better. Mm. I mean, do you have a specific gaslighting experience? I think the only times I prominently remember being gaslit is at home. I think sometimes parents will gaslight their kids a lot. And I think it's because they don't want to be perceived as failures as parents. So I know I've been gaslit a lot by my mom. Where like, I will remember even the most mundane memory a certain way. And mention, oh, when I was seven in second grade, you had me, you know, you yelled at me because I didn't write my sentences this way or something for like English class. And she'll say that never happened. But the thing about me was I always kept like a journal. So I used to document everything that happens. So and I do that because I don't want to be gaslit by people. (laughs) So I keep record, either voice memos or writing uh, I keep record of everything. And so a lot, I think, at home, I've been gaslit. But I've never been... I've also been gaslit in relationships. Probably just my first toxic relationship. That one, I was being gaslighted all the time for various things. Actually, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but the very reason the entire relationship ended was because of one big gaslighting scenario. So it's funny that we're talking about this. It was the end of like a three to three and a half year relationship. Now I want to know. But since you brought it up, I, I guess like I do, I guess I guess like I have experienced being gaslit by family as well. Being told like what my memories were were incorrect when I know like it was 100% fact. So yeah, it has happened mm-hmm. um, quite a bit within family mm-hmm. too. But you should, you should watch Taylor's all too well. 10 minute version short film then you know i I, i've watched it at least like five times within the last day and when i first watched it i didn't feel too much about i'm like okay interesting but then the more i got immersed into the lyrics and hearing other people's stories and experiences by like the fifth time i was like tearing up a bit Mm. because like i actually like understood where she was coming from at that point as a 20 year old especially because when she was 19 she was dating john mayer who's also like 30 something mm. I'm like damn i mean i never experienced you know dating a much older man and being gaslit in that way but you know i, I could feel i could feel like where she was coming from it and like so many people are starting to realize like through her music and that short film that like wow the i can relate in like the relationship i've been in is also toxic so it's like you you really don't know sometimes until you're out of it Mm, i have a question about this yes ma'am well the first is yes or no do you feel you've ever been in a toxic relationship oh yeah 100 percent. yes so i don't know if when you were in it did you ever have 
And this is tying back to what you mentioned about Taylor Swift's video. If someone came to you and tried to tell you or imply to you that your relationship is toxic, would you have been mad or uncomfortable or sad or like felt some type of way or tried to reject that opinion? Because I think if someone's watching this video and she's trying to open the eyes of so many young women, men out there, like, you know, that their relationships are toxic or whatever, sometimes people don't want to be told that. Mm -hmm. Maybe like subconsciously we know, but the person that tells us, it triggers us in a way or it stirs us in a way where it's just so uncomfortable, you don't want to face it. You don't want to deal with it because it's too painful because you're so attached to that person that you don't know how to leave. And people become... I know this speaks to a lot of people. about it, but when you are defensive, that means you can relate to what they're saying. So there is truth behind what people are telling you yeah so if i were told say in high school that my relationship wasn't good of course back then being in a relationship for the first time i would just immediately shoot it down it's like yeah you don't know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. you do believe like you know what you're doing at that point you're like oh yeah i'm not i'm not a kid anymore type of feeling but yeah now right Say if I were to get in a relationship within the next few years and a close friend of mine told me like, hey, the behavior that's been exhibited by your partner is quite toxic. A hundred percent I would listen to them because I have no reason not to. Like I, I like I, I personally don't think like anyone in my circle would betray me in that way. Mm-hmm. Like there there's like what would they gain from informing me about this right and it's sort of like they're noting this person's behavior which is factual yeah exactly what do we have to gain Mm -hmm. about just looking out for each other yeah i mean how how would you feel if someone were to confront you i had that i had friends at that time that would warn me and tell me um and i know that if they were listening they would know exactly who they are (laughs) Um, at the time when I was in that high school into early college relationship, which was very, very toxic. And I, I mean, when they would tell me, it was like, you have two ears, it would go in through one and out the other. And I just, I didn't want to hear it. I was defensive, but I think a part of it was I didn't know how to leave. Mm. I was so like, it was the first time I found, I don't know, love and just like attention in that way from someone i didn't know how to leave i think you're very willing to overlook a lot of quote-unquote like toxic qualities and i say quote because to the person who's in it it doesn't necessarily seem toxic Mm -hmm. and to everyone in the outside they label those behaviors as toxic Mm -hmm. so it's perspective and i think when you're in it it's just like it's it's, you don't even process it that way Mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting you say that the first time you saw her video, you didn't feel anything. But as you kept watching it, you felt. Do you think any of that has to do with maybe like, I don't know if you feel you have any kind of like avoidant attachment style. But do you think it makes you feel like because you have, it takes you a little bit of time to process emotions or like touch on them, label yeah. them, feel them, experience them. Do you think that's what it was? No, I think that that is what it is you know when when I view something for the first time it's hard to really formulate an opinion about it you know for example like after you finish watching a movie and people are like how do you feel about it 
I feel like I can't give you a direct answer until maybe a week from now when I've processed everything I've just witnessed. So it did mm-hmm. take some time for it to really sink in and to, and you know, like I went from like watching the short film a few times to then like watching her lyric video. And I think actually seeing the lyrics play out, I'm like, okay. And you're like sort of like reading into the story. It makes a lot more sense. I think people that feel some type of way about it probably are the ones who can tie it back to their lives somehow or tie it back to their own relationship experiences and maybe she's speaking to those people yeah like i've you know i've as i mentioned i've never had an experience of like dating a much older person and being gaslit in that way so like that's why i couldn't outright relate to it but you know when you you watch it you see aspects of yourself in it do you feel like we simply are just mirrors we attract people into our lives who are like a mirror or like representative of us and where we're at in this moment in time and we're just attracting what we are i do i do believe you attract the energy you put out which is why i've been you know working so hard the last like few years or like i guess the last year or two to just be on a higher frequency you know certain situations certain people will keep coming back to you until you set that boundary and then from there you can begin elevating in your own way yeah or the same lesson will show up in different bodies same lesson different body (laughs) until you've learned the lesson it'll show up again yes no i 100 percent believe in that like i do think we have free will but i do think we all come into the world sort of having this like general idea or like direction where we should navigate to right but like how that plays out is based on our free will i've been reading a lot about that i kind of decided to just throw astrology in the trash for some time (laughs) because of that i just i gonna experiment with free will for some time i understand the general theme but now it's up to me and the energy that i put out when you realize you can create your reality, you become so powerful. That's when all the manifestations start working for you. You know what's crazy? I was watching this video on quantum physics. And to all the quantum physicists out there, I'm sorry if I misinterpreted this message. But this is what I kind of conjured from my learnings. That every possibility exists in the quantum realm. So there's a version of me that could be president. There's a version of me that could be like Oprah. There's a version of me that could be dead. There's a version of me that could be like, I don't know, super obese living in Malaysia. I don't know. But just every single possibility exists. (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) Obese in Malaysia. I went to Malaysia when I was nine years old. I loved that place. Have to go back. But anyways. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to Thailand, Malaysia, and Singapore all in the time span of like a week or two. It was nice. But anyways. Um, yeah, so if every possibility exists. <laughs> I, th- I guess what I'm trying to say is like, then you can manifest whatever you want. Because you just have to align yourself with the vibration of whatever it is that you want to be. Now, like, and then that 
outcome will come to fruition. But most people fail to align themselves with that frequency of what they want. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally believe that like the past, present, future are all happening at the same time. Do you know like the image of the Mobius strip? I think it's called the Mobius strip. Like the very loose infinity sign. Sort of just like depicting how like everything is happening or has happened at the same time. I've read a book about that. Yeah, so all our different realities, we just need to tap into it, essentially. Do you have your own ways of tapping into things? Like, do you feel that you're an effective manifester? Am I an effective manifester? To be honest, I can't even explain how blessings happen to me. Sometimes I just do get this feeling like, oh yeah, good things are going to happen. Like, it's just a feeling. Like, I can't really mm-hmm. describe it. You know, it's not like I, I would, like, jot something down on, like, 1111 and hope for the best i i put in the work you know and mm-hmm. i feel like for me it's it is a lot about consistency so i do think i'm a good manifester but i feel like it, it comes into play when you put the action towards it too you know mm-hmm. it's, it's more than just intention it's also the doing aspect to it so i feel like that's why things have been moving quickly for me intention lined with action lined with the vision is how you tap into the quantum realm <laughs> I would love to know something random you have manifested, even if it's just like a material object, anything like. Oh, okay. So in Puerto Rico, I got a matching tattoo with my friend Lily, who was just reintroduced into my life in August, right? So in August, I reached out to her to work on a project together. And then by October, we were in Puerto Rico together. Like the second week of October, we got matching tattoos. And our matching tattoo is a Venus symbol you know, to represent like femininity, art and beauty and all that. And the following weeks after we returned from our trip, we were conceptualizing our production team. And so we had to come up with the branding, the name, the the logo. And basically our logo is the Venus symbol. So it's like we got this tattoo of the Venus symbol like a few weeks prior to even coming up with the idea of creating this production team and it just so happened that we were using the venus imagery muses and all that in our plan to brand ourselves so i feel like that was a very quick show of manifestation for me like literally got the tattoo a few weeks after created this production team and our branding is like venus and the muses and all that so was venus on your mind before all of this yeah no no I, i've been wanting like some sort of venus symbol for like the longest time because i've mentioned in a previous episode how i have been trying to embody more venetian energy and from that came this amazing group i now have of collaborators yeah that is manifestation because thoughts become things and it started with a thought in your head. And then it became a thing. So Yeah, and it's like I've always wanted, like I've said for years, like, yeah, I want like a group of like cool collaborators who we can just like make art with. And, you know, I've been saying like I want this, I want this, I want this. But at a certain point, like a wanting can only do so much for you. You actually have to do it. And so it was because I had reached out to her and like I was the one doing all the outreach, things quickly came into place it was kind of like okay kim now at this point you just need to actually do it 
and then I saw the fruits of my labor by doing so. Mm-hmm. That's my most recent experience with manifestation. Do you have any experiences with manifestation? I've had a bunch, but I think the one that always pops into my mind recently is just like the way that, I mean, people know that I've quit, I quit my job for my last company and it was weird because I feel like the way manifestation works, you do 50% of the work, you ask, you believe, and then the receiving part is like the universe, like helping you out when you're in the manifestation process. And I, I remember from like November of last year, I had in my the thought in my head that I'm going to have all the time in the world, all my time is going to be mine I'm not going to be busy like this, like 80 hour work weeks and stuff. Um, And it was just a thought. And I would think about it all the time, just being free, not working there anymore um, at the company. And a couple months later, um, I don't have to do anything. I get approached by my manager at the time saying to me, oh, like, you know, how are you feeling about the job? Asking me like, how I'm feeling, am I interested in other opportunities, other roles? And within that week, the CFO who I'm working for is no longer the CFO. Which is crazy because he's been CFO for like five years or however many years he's been CFO. Mm -hmm. And it was like, and I I think, I, I don't know, I've probably told you this, but I kept seeing like angel numbers and things like that before all of this happened so i felt like the universe was trying to tell me that okay something's happening something's happening something's gonna happen and then this happens and after that week where um he's no longer cfo the question gets brought up to me well do you want to go work with him on that team or do you just want to like you know what do you want to do and then it was just a natural exit at that point and it wasn't hurting anyone you know, because the roles were going to get shifted anyways. So it was such a natural exit and I never imagined it happening that way. And what was once a thought for me last November of I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to get all my time back. I'm not going to be working here anymore. Just naturally happened some months later. And the way it happens, we never expect it to happen the way it does. But it happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's a prominent example. Yeah, I feel like when we met up a few weeks ago with Nisha, I think the most notable difference in you I could pick up on is like you you even stated like, oh, from now on, I'm choosing to be happy. And like that was such a switch, right? Because yeah, happiness essentially is a choice. Yes. And I was telling you guys, like it was shortly after I came back from my trip to India and I think that trip to India came into my life so randomly. I had randomly decided to go um, two, three weeks before I actually went, which for such a long trip to go for so long, I was there for about 25 days. It's, It's quite last minute. And initially when I quit my job, I was like, I am going to just allow the universe to take me where it takes me. And it took me to India. And speaking of um, like what you're saying about choosing happiness, I think India was what taught me to choose happiness because I was genuinely really happy and content when I was there. I was having a good time. And I think I had forgotten kind of what that felt like to genuinely be happy. And I needed that trip to remind me that this is how you want to be feeling on a day-to-day basis. And if you can 
coming back here now, if I can just remember how I how good I can feel and how I want to be feeling on a day to day basis, then I can bring that into my manifestations now. And it's a choice. It's a conscious choice every day. And some days it's so hard. It's so hard to wake up and just be okay when it's literally sunset when we're eating lunch now. <laughs> For all the people who have seasonal depression. <laughs> but yeah, it's that definitely shifted in me. And I think it helps. Um, I mean, we've been talking about manifestation right now. I think it helps in the manifestation process. You know, when you want to align with the frequency of what you want, if it's positive things that you want to show up in your human experience, you have to align with the frequency of positivity. But I think there are people that don't know what it's like to tap into that positivity or tap into that like high vibe or like feeling happy. And if happiness is what you want to experience, then that's how you need to be feeling now. How how would you tap into that? Like what's your method for tapping into that type of energy? Well, I think that's the issue, right? A lot of people don't know what it feels like. How can you tap into feeling happy if you don't know what your happy feels like? That's why I say this trip was so important because I felt happy. Mm -hmm. So I remember how that felt. Mm -hmm. So I'll always remember how that felt and I'll be able to tap into that feeling because I have yes. some contrast to compare to. And like That's sort of so like your standard that, of living. It's like, oh, this is how I want to feel. Yeah, I don't know if you remember in Harry Potter with the Boggarts. I don't know if like you've seen Harry Potter. All the Harry Potter fans yeah, I've know. Yeah, I've read all the books. <laughs> yeah, the Boggart and how you have to remember your... Not the Boggart. Either that or um, the Dementors. You have to remember your happiest memory. Like you have to tap into it. And that's how you destroy the Dementor. So Harry had to tap into... He, he had experienced in his head like he had to experience in his head that happiest memory i think that's a little bit of how manifestation works always tapping into that frequency of what you want mm, reliving yes. it you have to identify what that the closest thing in your life to what it feels like to to be in that state so if you want to be a millionaire if you want to be rich i understand you might have never been a millionaire before but you have to tap into the emotion of the closest thing in your life that would align to whatever it would feel like to be a millionaire and then you'd be one step closer no i i totally feel like whatever we consume plays a role in our like mental state and like how we proceed in the world yeah i've been listening to a lot of like megan the stallion like hot girl music and i do feel like this shift within like the last few years of just like listening to more like positive things like saying like yeah you're a bad bitch i'm like that's right I am. Yes. It's because it's you're constant like when you listen to a song, it's constantly repeating. Repetition is how you shift your subconscious mind. Because when we were younger, we formed our beliefs from repetition of our environment. So if you were in a negative environment, the negativity is on repeat in your brain and that plays a role throughout your life. So now it's like if you listen to Megan Thee Stallion, if you listen to like I don't know one of her songs like a hundred times like obviously that's going to influence you by way of repetition and then it's going to become a part of like it's going to be ingrained right. exactly it's all about the repetition and the consistency and the consistency yeah so then i listen to a lot of gangster rap i do like people that <laughs> people know this about me i, I listen to a lot of different types of music like jazz r&b soul alternative rock but a lot of rap music how do you think rap influences a person? I, I feel like I feel more confident when I listen to rap or at least like like hot girl rappers. 
You listen to a lot of hot girl rappers. I'll be listening to like Meek Mill and like Shred Gang. <laughs> you wait, so how do you feel like that has affected you then? Yeah, I listen to a lot of male rappers that are just talking about, I don't know, million dollar bills and WAP. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking about. I'm wondering, like, I am very in touch with my shadow masculine. I don't know how much you have read about shadow masculine, but I think rap and being so invested in this culture, I'm very, very into my femininity, but I'm also very in touch with my shadow masculine because of it. So I think maybe that's how it's affected me, where I can really relate to a guy. I can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because we had talked about sacred sexuality, like masculinity and femininity before so do you feel like listening to to male artists do you feel like you are expressing more of your masculine side i think whatever people want to interpret masculine as because i don't know that necessarily a male rapper is masculine or i guess like your masculine energy yes i think i i tend to see female artists as a little bit softer um feminine but i think when i listen to like just a man aggressive rapper talking about something it makes me feel like i don't know empowered aggressive just not that that's what masculine energy is that's not masculine energy that's interesting because i feel more empowered listening to female artists over male artists so what type of empowerment do you feel from a male artist if i listen to beyonce or if I listen to Megan Thee Stallion, or if I listen to Nicki Minaj, I love Nicki Minaj, I feel empowered in my brain. Like, I feel empowered intellectually, like, I'm a woman. When I listen to, like, Meek Mill, and I'm listening to, like, Stuck in My Ways, or House Party, or I'm a Boss, I feel empowered in my body. Like, it's hard to explain, and I think this is very unique to me. Mm. I feel empowered in my body. Like, I can move freely. Like, I can move with confidence. When I listen to, like, an empowered female, I feel intellectually empowered. Like, I'm a boss, like, in my brain. So that's how it is for me. I don't know why. I think I still need to formulate why that is. Um, A lot of it has to do with the beats, too. It doesn't matter if it's male or female. If the beat goes hard, if the bass goes hard, then I just... I'm in that mode of, like, all right, I'm... And you know what it is? Like, I think that I was thinking about this today when I was driving. I think that there are a lot of rappers and hip hop artists that come from, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here, like that sort of thing. And I think that I have always resonated more with that culture than like listening to, I don't know, One Direction or something growing up mm-hmm. just or listening to just like Ashley Tisdale or something. <laughs> Was she a singer? Like so, I, I used to like. Yeah, I she like had like what girl. he said, she said. I love the song "Kiss the Girl." That song's fire. Yeah, yeah. I think I just resonated more with that culture because the because the stories of the people and like their backgrounds. It, it was of people that struggled, and I think that as a child, as a young person, that resonated with me a lot because of my own story, and I think I naturally gravitated towards that. It's the same thing with jazz. 
jazz as opposed to classical because I used to be a classical pianist and then I shifted to jazz when I was about 13. And it was because classical is like you read the music and you play and it's scripted. It's academic. And I think jazz is very based on like improvisation and you just play whatever comes to your mind and it's free and it's flowing and it's like expression, like a natural expression. So I feel that I'm, I've been attracted to these genres of music because it wasn't so scripted. It's just like you're freely expressing your mind. Like if I want to make a song about peas and collard greens, whatever that song is, <laughs> beans, greens, yeah, tomatoes, potatoes. <laughs> like that, people make fun of that, but maybe he really was just expressing himself. Just that is just what came <laughs> to his goddamn mind that day. And that's just what he wanted to say. And I love it. I love it. And I've, can you freestyle at all? Oh my god! <laughs> Can you give us some um, bars? Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. I'm hot as hell, and so are you. That's all I got. Bars, bars, bars. <laughs> Can you freestyle? <laughs> no, you you would have used mine. I would have started with roses are red. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. No, like I've always wanted to have that ability to just like freestyle. That's a talent. That's a talent. I think you have to be really open. You have to be loose. Yeah, like I've I've always yeah. wanted to be the type of person who could do improv. Improv with like musical instrument, like instruments or like verbally. Oh no, as in like trying to act, like that type of improv. Oh. Yeah. In in another lifetime, I would have loved to be like a stand up comic because that's like so out of my comfort zone. There was a Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode I was watching where I think Chloe and Courtney went to an acting class and it taught them a lot about like how stiff they are, like how they don't freely express as much. So like how do you think you would operate if you went like if you were in like your first acting class and they asked you to stand in front of a partner and just start screaming in their face? Like one inch like close screaming, to their face. I feel like screaming would be easy. Really? I would find that tough. I feel like it, it would terrify me to actually like attend a class though. We should do it. Because that's like really pushing me out of my comfort <laughs> We should do it for fun one day. We should go to an we acting should, we class. Should. Oh, we should. I heard those get like crazy. Like like a 101 beginner level. <laughs> the beginner levels is when they try to get you out of your shell and then you realize how hard your shell really is because they'll ask you to do something and it's you're saying that screaming in someone's face would be easy for you that would be really hard for me i don't know how i'd stand one inch away from someone's face and start oh. screaming so who knows whose shell is harder over here but screaming as in as in just like straight up just yelling or like yelling some like insults just like scream, like shrieking, like horror movie screaming. Just shrieking. I could shriek. <laughs> I could be acting terrified. What's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word? Let's see. I guess I say fuck quite a bit. So could you keep saying that in acting class, one inch away from someone's face, just screaming? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, we're all there for, like, a reason. Like, we know, like, okay, this is acting. Hmm. I feel like I'd be so self-conscious. Yeah, I feel like I would be so self-conscious. 
Yeah. Oh, why why is that? If you know that it's a class and you know it's not serious. I noticed this today about myself. My sister and I, we went to the gym and it's a big gym. And I was like self-conscious to walk from one side of the gym to the other because there's a women's section and there's a men's section. And the one like the machine that we wanted to use was in like the men's section. And it's like the women can go there. Women do go there. But like I was so self-conscious. But it's a gym. You're there to gym. You're there to exercise. So intuitively, there's a lot of people like my sister didn't feel anything. She just she just started walking. She she didn't care. But I cared. So I did ask myself, like, why do I feel self-conscious when everyone is here to work out? Why do I care so much? And I think the same thing applies to acting class. Like, if we're all there and we all know it's an acting class and we're all there, like, with the knowledge that we're going to freely express and not judge one another, why do I care? I think it's just... I've always kind of felt like I have to look composed or I have to look perfect or I have to look put together. I really think that's what it is from my childhood to now. It goes back to that. I always feel like I can't ever stray away from that um, equilibrium. (laughs) And I struggle with it. I feel like when when I first started going to the gym, I was like very like aware of like the facial expressions I was making. So it's like even though I, if I went to the gym with someone, like, I would not show signs of struggle. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I could, like, lift heavy shit. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though it would be, like, really hard, I would try to keep, like, a very neutral expression. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's kind of like, if it's hard, I'm going to show that it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm struggling. Do, so you feel like the issue for you is that you don't want to show too much of yourself? Is that it? Or, like, do you fear more about, like, the response you'd get, like, the judgment or is it more of just like an internal thing? I think what really has stuck for me and the best way to explain it is it goes back to that whole I always mentioned when I was seven years old in second grade, we have vocabulary mm. words in English class and we had to choose one vocabulary word and we had to make sentences and that was our homework and we had to make 10. And I was raised in a way where it was like, no, you have to do two words because you have to go above and beyond. You have to overachieve. Uh. And the sentences have to be perfect. And I would get yelled at if the sentences weren't perfect. So I think that um, idea of like you have to always be above and beyond and you have to be perfect and immaculate (laughs) and you cannot show signs of weakness and you cannot show mistakes or whatever is a mistake, quote. Mm -hmm. I think that translates out in so many different ways. And I think like whether it's, oh, well, you know, this behavior is so off balance, like screaming in someone's face in an acting class or like going to the gym and like, I don't know, making weird faces. Like that's not proper. Like I think that's what it Mm. is. And I've talked about this many times. I think that dismantling that, I think that would be a really great way for me to step out of my comfort zone. Just being like, there is no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing as being put together let it go let it flow class would actually really benefit you then i actually think that would be a really big so out of character yeah yeah because like you you can't expect to show off this like sense of perfection like you really have to just like go all into it yeah i'd love to get the stiffness out of me i would love to get that out of me just throw it out because i can be very stiff and like self-conscious, inflexible, even in my workouts, like I'm not as flexible as I could be. I don't squat as low as I could squat. 
I don't stretch as wide as I could stretch. Like, I just want to get loose. Sometimes I envy those who are just, like, super loose and able to tap into that. Or it's just, that's just, like, their natural state. It's, like, good for you. I think I've loosened myself up quite a bit since you first knew me. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. It's cool, though, because I feel like we didn't... When we first met each other, we, like... We obviously didn't have the same relationship we have now, right? Like, yeah. it's cool how we've grown and grown in a way that brought us together. I think that's cool. Yeah, like, I'm trying to remember how our first interactions were like, but I I can't remember. It feels like forever ago. And forever ago is, like, when, we, when did we first meet each other? 2015? So it's been six, nearly seven years. Oh my goodness. It's getting close to a decade. Six and a half years. Close to a decade. (laughs) I always wonder when, like, Oprah and Gail, they've been friends for how many years? Like 30? I don't know. Probably more than that. That's crazy. To grow with a person in that way. And just seeing so many revisions of, like, the people you love in your life and just seeing them just like change and grow i i love that part i love that part about life yeah agreed it's crazy where we are now compared to then cellular on a cellular level we will be different next year than when we pledged that's right you said at, like every seven years what seven years literally our body composition will be different Probably already is because we don't know what that seven-year mark is. But cheers! All right, so we are now ending this part. I feel like I'm speaking so slowly. The the wine is hitting. But yes, so I think Trish and I are trying to do a, a part two, which may or may not be released depending on our state. So yes, thank you so much for listening. If you reach this point you know what to do rate us five stars give us a review you can follow us on insta reach out to us through our email translation at gmail.com all that stuff okay thank you bye